becoming increasingly clear that in this world, there are at least two types of people that exist. There's the rule followers, and then there's, let's not call them the rule breakers. Let's refer to them today as the rule resistors. Now, the rule followers need no explanation, but the rule resistors are those who tend to think that the rules apply to everyone except for them sometimes. Maybe they think that the dumb rules shouldn't apply to anybody, or sometimes just grit their teeth and grudgingly go along for now, but they really don't like the rules. Now, the current state of affairs in the United States during all the stay-home orders, especially in the state of Michigan, has highlighted the divide between these two groups. Yep, I'm going to go there today. And go ahead, put agree in the comments section right now if you see the distinction between these two groups forming over the stay-home orders that we've been living under for a while. One side says, this is for all of our safety we should all do exactly what we're told. What part of stay home can't you understand, people? And on the other side, we have those who say there's too many unnecessary rules. They're arbitrary and constantly changing, and I'm sick of it. And the rules need to change, or I'm going to have to stop following them pretty soon. No matter which side you're on, you see the two sides, right? Now, if you're playing along at home and you've agreed to that in the comment section, I want you to take the next step. Go ahead and tell everybody else which side you're on. If you're brave, declare it in the comment section. Are you a rule follower or are you a rule resistor during this time? Now, the reason I'm asking is, one, to highlight the fact that good, godly people find themselves on both sides of this debate. And so I encourage you, if you're going to find somebody that you disagree with, respect them, listen to them, or don't bother talking about the disagreement. And I don't bring this up in order to start another forum for an online debate today. In fact, I want to challenge you not to respond to anybody making their comment, declaring which side they're on today. The, the comments being posted here from our church are not intended to start another debate and argument online because this meme that I came across this week communicates a really important truth. Arguing in the comment section with total strangers or even people that you know but just arguing with, with nobody changing their mind, helps no one. So let's skip right over that. I point out the obvious divide here, not in order to pick sides or to declare a winner, but because I want to talk to both groups today. Whichever side you're on, I believe that Jesus himself wants to speak to you, to each one of us, no matter which side of this debate we're on. And what's at stake today is even bigger than the issues surrounding COVID-19 and our stay-at-home orders. If we lean in, we listen to what God is saying to us today, and throughout this time, this message and his message to us will outlast even the huge consequences of our current crisis and the debate surrounding it. We've seen several characters so far interacting with Jesus during our series, Choose Your Character, through the book of John. And we saw Peter, the failure. We looked at Pilate, the questioner. And we looked at Thomas, the doubter. And 
the disciples, the entire group of them who were the insecure. And we even looked at all of us who had the opportunity to become the answered prayer through the prayer Jesus prayed for each and every one of us coming 2,000 years after him. And now each of them displayed a character flaw for us to learn from and avoid in our own lives. And we were challenged each week to choose our character in response to their characters. And now i got good news for you if you're getting tired of seeing what not to do. Next week, on Mother's Day, we're going to see some good characters demonstrating good characteristics. The women at the tomb are going to express for us the true believers. And we're going to get to learn from them what they did right and what we want to emulate in our lives next week. Today, we're looking at the Roman soldiers. These are the rule followers. And if you think that means that the rule resistors are off the hook today, what we can learn from the Roman soldiers apply equally to both groups. Jesus is talking to every one of us through the actions of the Roman soldiers. Now, I helped Jeff to illustrate uh, Paul on Easter Sunday, and so I've asked Jeff to help us uh, visualize what the Roman soldiers might look like. Actually, I didn't ask him. Uh, Here is our model depicting what a Roman soldier may appear like if we were to see him face to face. The reality is they weren't just lounging around like our model here. They, They had a job to do. And the soldiers in the book of John aren't just one, but many soldiers gathering together and and responding, some as a group, some individuals, as they interact with Jesus in John's gospel. And after having a little fun with Pastor Jeff and our Roman soldiers, we need to move to a more serious tone now. Because the passage we're looking at, the Roman soldiers interacting with Jesus on his saddest, most painful day, of his life on earth. If we were in our buildings, we'd be inviting us all to stand and read out loud together if you're willing and able. I'd invite you to do the same at home if you're comfortable doing so. The words will be on the screen. Reading from John chapter 19, starting in verse 16. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. So this is what the soldiers did. Let's take a moment to pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us through our look at the Roman soldiers.
Father God, we pause once again and we ask you to speak powerfully through your word, through your Holy Spirit. We prepare ourselves and we ask you to prepare our hearts to listen and hear the unique message that you want to deliver to each and every one of us. We're thankful that you are a big enough and powerful enough God that wherever we are this morning, scattered all over northern Michigan and around the world, you can be with each and every one of us wherever we find ourselves today. We pray, Father, that as you teach us and encourage us and challenge us, that you would also prepare us to respond by choosing how we are going to answer what you say to us today. And all God's people gathered in hundreds of locations said in one voice, Amen. As we look into this passage, we pick up in verse 16 where the Jewish mob, following their leaders, had already demanded the death of Jesus Christ. So Pilate handed them over. And this was a time of crisis in the land, of danger and polarizing circumstances. And it was the Roman soldiers who were tasked with the mission of carrying out Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, Private Kelly reminded us that the basic responsibility of any soldier is to follow the orders given to them by their superiors. And the Roman soldiers in particular were disciplined and well-trained, and they were also ruthless. And so, the saddest and most painful day in Jesus' life here on earth was just another day of duty for these guys. In verse 18... Just following orders is what they would have explained as they nailed an innocent man to a wooden stake. Some of you rule resistors and rule followers at this point might be thinking, I never would have done that to an innocent man, let alone Jesus Christ himself. Let's keep in mind for a moment that it's easier to see negative traits in others than it is in ourselves. And so whichever group you're in, the rule followers or the rule resistors, I want you to see this today. They, the Roman soldiers, missed the most important thing taking place on this day. That Jesus was not just an innocent man being nailed to a cross. He was the king. He had authority over Every one of those soldiers and their commanding officers and the Jewish leaders and everyone, including Pilate and everyone else who lived on the earth at that time and still lives today. In verse 19, we see the signs were all around them, all pointing to the same inescapable truth. A sign literally hung above the head of Jesus Christ on that cross, declaring that he was the king. And yet the soldiers were oblivious. They were focused on the rules. They were focused on doing their job. They were focused on doing what they had to do. Barely even looking up. Let alone noticing that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was right there in their presence that day. Verse 23 We see that they weren't just doing their job out of duty. They were also looking out for themselves. This group of four soldiers, maybe even looking out for each other a little bit as they divided Jesus' clothing among them rather than fighting over it. And so, as they witnessed 
the death of the one who came to give eternal life? They were oblivious. And they were too wrapped up in the task at hand, the, the crisis of the moment that they had to attend to, uh, to really take note of Jesus Christ. Or what he was saying to them in that moment. In verse 24, the soldiers did what the soldiers decided to do. Never noticing what Jesus was in the process of doing for them. I wonder how many people in America right now, so focused on the crisis of the moment, either COVID-19 or everybody's response to it, that they're too busy to stop and notice what Jesus is doing and saying right here in our midst. He's inescapable if you're looking and paying attention and watching for him. You can't help but notice him. And yet so many are missing out. I wonder how many of us, whether rural followers or rural resistors, are so preoccupied with the very real and very serious issues all around us right now to see, without even barely looking up, that Jesus may have something to say to us that's even more important than the current crisis we're all living through. This message isn't about the rules, whether we follow or resist them. This message isn't about the importance of the situation that we find ourselves in right now as a nation, as a world. It's about something even more important than those things. Something we might miss if we don't stop and look up from all the challenges we're facing. And notice, Jesus has a message for you today. But you have to pause and avoid focusing on the concern for yourself and even the concerns for your family and your community and your country and your world to actually listen what the King of Kings is saying to each and every one of us right now. And we've got to listen to Jesus, not just our governor or our president or our media or even each other. Now listen, we're going to remember this time forever, all of us. Don't you think Jesus has a plan to say and do some things among us that are worth remembering for the rest of our lives? There were lots of soldiers interacting with Jesus that day, just like there's many people in northern Michigan interacting with our challenge in our day. I wonder how many people now are following the example of those Roman soldiers then. Most of the soldiers that we see in Scripture chose to completely ignore Jesus and to focus on what they had to do in order to get by and get through the day and deal with the crisis at hand. Some of them were looking to make a profit for themselves. Some of them, like we see back in verse 2, were even looking for opportunities to attack and mock and injure somebody else. Can I just tell you, people today are act, reacting in the very same ways as those Roman soldiers. But at least one soldier in Scripture, in the middle of all the chaos and challenge, paused long enough to look at Jesus on that cross and to listen to what he was saying. 
And in doing so, he was able to recognize and realize that something bigger was taking place on this day than anything everybody else was focused on. And it was taking place right before his eyes. Mark chapter 15, verse 39, it tells us a detail that John doesn't mention. And he says that centurion recognized, even in the crisis of the moment of that day, that Jesus was worth paying attention to. His assessment as a professional soldier and leader, surely this man was the Son of God. He is who he says he is, the centurion realized. There's more to these wild events that we're all living through than just the crisis we're facing. The centurion recognized there's something bigger going on today. And what's interesting is even the account in Mark that tells us that detail about the centurion, we hear nothing else from Scripture about him. There's some theories and suggestions on what may have occurred in his life afterwards, but we're left to wonder. After realizing the truth of Jesus on that day before the cross with Jesus in front of him, carrying out his sacrifice for mankind before his very eyes, did he then go on to seek out more truth? After realizing that this was the Son of God, did he continue to dig for answers until he found them? To search for greater meaning in what it meant for the Son of God to be coming and living and dying as a criminal? Did he ever find a personal relationship with the risen Savior after the resurrection? We don't know. But we know that on this day, with all the chaos going on, he was able to look up and listen and recognize there is more going on than meets the eye. It's possible he went back to just following orders. It's possible he became a follower of Jesus himself, beginning that relationship that appears for him to have begun at the cross just like it can for each and every one of us. Now listen for a moment. Whatever your perspective on the current crisis, whatever impact the virus and and the aftermath has had on you and your family and your community, or whatever the rules have had an impact on you and your response to them, whatever you're doing to get through this crazy time, there's more going on than that. Jesus, the Son of God, wants to speak to you. Are you listening? Here's where the King of Kings can do what a preacher or a politician or a press member can't do. Speak directly into your soul. Jesus is calling you and me and every one of us right now to stop and listen what he has to say to each of us. A unique message that he has set aside time and created this divine appointment between you and him, not just between you and me or our church, in order to speak to you in his still small voice. It's time for you to choose your character. Are you listening? Is he saying perhaps to you that he's bigger than all the craziness that you're living through right now? And all the things that you have to do or can't do during these days. 
Is it possible that he's calling you to look past all the rules and the responsibilities and to look up and see him in the midst of all these crazy circumstances? Or perhaps he might be telling you that that fear that you're feeling, he understands it. He knows where it's coming from. And he's bigger than your fears. And maybe he's encouraging you right now to live by faith instead of fear. Perhaps for you, he's reminding you of a truth you've known for a long time but lost sight of. Or even you're about to hear for the very first time from the Holy Spirit himself through this feeble preacher. Something you've never heard before. That religion is about following rules. Going through the motions. Doing what somebody says you ought to do in order to try to find God. But Christianity? Christianity is different. True, genuine Christianity is about following Jesus, about finding Christ and beginning a personal relationship with the Son of God Himself. And He wants you to start that relationship with Him today, perhaps. Maybe that's what He's whispering to you in these moments. Maybe He's inviting you to trust His work on that cross, even if you don't fully understand how that could provide forgiveness to whatever sins you have committed in life. And maybe he's inviting you right now to accept him as your savior. To choose genuine Christianity, following Christ, beginning a relationship with Jesus himself. Becoming a follower of Jesus, not just a follower of religion. Maybe you already have that relationship. And lately... He's pointing out to you this morning that you've been going through the motions and following the rules or perhaps breaking the rules. And either way, it's leading you down a path away from Jesus rather than daily walking and talking with Him. And perhaps right now He's calling you back to Himself. He's inviting you to stop focusing on all the do's and don'ts of this world or of your understanding of what God would have you to do Himself. Follow Him rather than following a bunch of rules. Maybe He's inviting you all over again to stop and listen to what He's saying. And enjoy the King of kings and Lord of lords who left heaven to come down to earth so that you could be with Him and enjoy the relationship that came that moment that he made you his friend. If you hear him talking to you right now, whatever it is he might be saying uniquely to you, if you're recognizing that still small voice speaking directly to your soul this morning, are you listening? How will you respond? Right now, it's time for you to choose. What are you going to do? with what Jesus is saying to you, even in the midst of the chaos that we're living through right now. Can I invite you to pray with me once again? Our Father, we ask your Holy Spirit in these moments to do what only you can do, to speak to our souls. Many of us are listening, 
Tell us what you would have us to hear. Lord, for some of us, that may be the most quiet moments we've stopped and listened for a while. Would you allow us to continue the conversation, to keep listening even in the midst of all the things we have to attend to these days? To keep listening to what you are saying to each one of us and to choose to respond by moving towards you accepting your invitations, following Jesus rather than following rules or religion. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you to keep up that conversation with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus himself, but we invite you to keep up the conversation with us. If you heard Jesus speaking to you today, would you let us know that? Uh, write it down in the comment section. Use the uh, re response and first steps uh, that you see in uh, the link there. And I invite you now to spend a few more moments in worship and reflection, listening to the Lord, even as we lift our hearts to Him.